Hey everyone, welcome back to Waiting for Review, the show where I tell Dave in great detail uh, about the fact that I that I just replaced my bike's tires and it only took me about two hours, so I'm really, really proud about it. Also, it's about indie development, uh, whatever ha is happening at um, the Fediverse and whatever else is just happening in our lives. Welcome to the show. Hey, Dave. Hey there, Daniel. Did not know that about your bike ties until you mentioned it's not on our show notes. Yes, it's not in the show notes because we have uh, so many show notes that uh, I didn't want to put it put it in there because yeah, it's just it's just that like I'm super proud that I actually finally managed to do it and they and just everything works. Mm -hmm. I put a put a picture on the on the mastodon, but I'm also going ah. to send you a picture. Here you go. Okay. And, um, yeah. And I got I got my hands a bit dirty, and tomorrow I can like go for a longer ride and just just try it out. But I'm a tiny bit proud of myself, I gotta say. <laughs> the picture has just come through, and okay, audio described this. Are they like white walled, bike sand tires? colored, sand colored? Okay, oh, that's really cool. Yeah. Yeah, I know nothing about bikes or bike tires, so I'm looking and going, yep, they're definitely on there. <laughs> they actually have some tread because the other ones, they were just like gone after a few thousand kilometers. Yeah. And these actually are like have some tread, so I'm going to have less, less flats and yes. uh, less chance of just like losing grip or something like that. Oh, that's cool. That's really cool. So you're biking. Uh, it's summertime in your side of the world i guess it is it is so does that mean longer longer bike rides and into the evening when you want to yeah sometimes like i mean uh, i i kind of want to don't want to go out too late because um I, i actually don't know like why wouldn't i hmm. because most of my, my my the things in my calendar are mostly like during the daytime so i could totally just like at six or whatever just like take off I'm going to try yeah. this. I'm going to try that. I mean, I have lights on the bike and um, I even have a headlamp. Okay. So I could, even even if the sun goes down at like, I don't know, 9, 20 maybe, I, even then I could I could just safely continue. Yeah. Well, maybe we should do the uh, waiting from review on the go edition. Um, or would that be incredibly I'm, I'm dangerous? Totally up for it. <laughs> well, it would be dangerous. Also, the audio quality would not be as good because <laughs> <laughs> you've just described every phone call in Wellington that I've ever had when outside. <laughs> it's windy here. Yeah, you're close to the, to the sea, right? Yeah, and we get the um, we get the highest winds really in this part of the world because of the strait between the two islands here in New Zealand. And yeah, Wellington's that makes sense. right on that. So yeah. But it means we've got built in air conditioning in the summer, so that's kind of fun. Fantastic. Um I wanna know what's happening at Reddit. Oof. Do we know? It's been a while, actually. <laughs> so, I mean, by the time this show goes out, it's probably going to be a clear month um, since it all seemed to sort of kick off over there. But, like, here we are, early July, and um, last weekend we saw all the, um, uh, like, Apollo signing off, mm -hmm. which was really sad, uh, to be honest, to sort of see. 
um i think uh the the author of um of apollo the the developer um christian selig he has been outstanding in his approach in he dealing has been with so Reddit. nice yeah yeah i mean i know he's canadian but even so right. <laughs> it's like right. you know um he's he's handled it with with absolute grace and class from what i've been able to see and reddit have not so anybody who who is new to this sort of drama i think to to frame it mm-hmm. reddit decided that they were going to well i think they decided they were going to get rid of the party apps to be honest and they they framed right. it as a uh we need to start charging appropriately for api access we're getting scraped by ai uh people which is probably true to some degree mm-hmm. um and then they put a price on that api access that meant that third party apps just can't really exist like i think the amount that uh, christian would have had to have charged his users was just not going to happen um and so it amounts to a uh, effectively turning it off for third party apps right and and christian zedek's apps for the 14 people in the audience that don't know is mm-hmm. apollo and uh, which yep. is a third party client for reddit on the iphone so if in the before times you wanted to go on reddit and like read some threads or upvote some i don't know narwhals um <laughs> you would you would use the reddit app or like a lot of people would um yeah. this is also important because um the api was also used by a bunch of moderation tools so the unpaid moderators of the communities would use third-party applications to actually do their like chosen jobs and they mm-hmm. really can't can't do can't do that anymore either yeah yeah i think that frames it pretty well i mean it just feels like watching um what's happened with twitter over the last year play out again on another social media platform to me oh yeah yeah pretty much the same although twitter didn't um didn't um pretend that the <laughs> Twitter didn't spread lies about the third-party developers. Like apparently, the Reddit CEO like told various various uh, lies about threats that apparently Christian Selig was supposed to have made, only for Christian to come around to turn around and be like, "Hey, I've actually recorded those phone calls. Here are the recording." <laughs> You can clearly yes. see and hear that this is not the case and that they are willfully spreading lies about someone who just brings value and users to their platform. It's it's an incredibly bad look. Yeah. And it's it's like it's 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 just I don't know, like it it, <laughs> it increases like I I've always held like Christian in high regard. Like he also supported telemetry deck at a very, very early stage. And I'll be super forever grateful to him for that. Um, but like just how, like how horrible can you treat someone who's your, who's basically your customer? Yeah. And I, get the, I get the AI thing. Apparently like the, the whole target, like all the, all the third party apps are just collateral damage and they wanted to close the API so that like open AI and other AI companies cannot, um, scrape all the Reddit data and use it to like improve their language models, which totally fine. But then just in like, just, just add a thing that says this API is cannot be used to, um, to feed any AI stuff. You know? Yeah, 
<laughs> here, pay the extra fee for AI, AI stuff and don't destroy your whole community. Exactly. It's, it's, um, I feel like, okay, that as, as a reason in its own right, I assume good faith, which I really don't in this situation, but assume good faith, right? Um, there's got to be other ways of dealing with AI scraping. Like you say, you, you can make it a, make a legal route for it. You could make a legal route for it and have people have the ability to opt out or opt in, for example. Um, you could rate limit anything that looks like it's behaving inhumanly. You know, people have a pattern in the way that they, they access the API. They're not accessing thousands and thousands of things within a few seconds you know they're not not going one after the other to to grab stuff um they don't necessarily refresh everything through a 24-hour period and that sort of stuff right so you, you can um potentially use the behavior pattern to limit the rate that's going on there which actually makes me think of twitter's recent rate limiting but that's a whole other bag of fish <laughs> yeah. um, but uh yeah i don't know i mean again you, you 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 do all those things and they'll find other ways to get around it as well if they think there's value in that data so yeah yeah like so what happened what happened as was that a lot of the communities on reddit they have like sabotaged themselves like Uh, many of them have set their community to private so no one can actually see them and use them. Mm -hmm. um, that, that's called the Reddit blackout, I think. Yes. Um, also, uh, I think at least three communities have changed their rules so that only GIFs and images of John Oliver can be posted. <laughs> oh God, I've seen that. Also Sexy John protest. Oliver. And uh, also one of the subreddits that I've been frequenting is the Formula One subreddit and they've like switch themselves over to be like a, they, they mark themselves as not safe for work because of course uh, accidents happen in formula one and they could be gruesome. So the mm -hmm. people have to be prevented from seeing that at work, uh, yep. which basically means it's demonetized. Like because Reddit won't show ads on not safe for work subreddits. <laughs> <laughs> so it's quite the, uh, quite the protest, quite the, um, ah, How can I put it? Picket line, as it were, digitally. Uh, that kind of feels to me like it's been and gone by the time we're talking about this now. But I do, I do know that there are still communities still protesting in one way or another on Reddit mm. still. So I imagine it's a case of the moment has been and gone, but this is going to keep keep raging on in one way or another um, over the next few months because they've really. Um, really done the community a disservice here overall um yeah and what we're seeing now over on uh the fediverse as it were certainly within my my view from my mastodon account um what i'm seeing is people talking about trying other other things out sort of reddit alternatives uh which i think looking outside in it, it kind of feels like some people are trying these Just the same mm -hmm. as when people left have left Twitter over the last year, but then quite a few people are going back to to Reddit itself now. The sort of initial blackout is over, and I guess some some communities there have just probably felt quite unaffected by it all in general. So, 
I see this sort of uh, the people who who can, if you like, um, you know, get involved with um, setting their own instances up of of these alternatives, are giving it a go, and then other people are, are, are joining them. But it doesn't seem like a whole scale, whole scale migration out to me, from what yeah. I've been able to see. It sort of it feels like the same as probably things with Mastodon, maybe six seven months ago. Really, when 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 Elon, um, sorry, with Mastodon and Twitter, um, and I want to say six or seven months ago, but the years marching on, sort of last November time is when I'm thinking when when Elon walked in and smashed the sink or whatever it was he did. <laughs> Yeah, so I, I sort of feel like the same sort of story is playing out for Reddit at the moment as Twitter in a lot of ways. And I wonder, I really, really wonder whether that sort of link sharing and kind of forum-based interaction is going to find a new home within the Fediverse, sort yeah. of in the longer term. It's it's unclear to me, to, be, to, to, to like I, which is what I would say, like, um, I'm not a heavy Reddit user, so I've never been one. I've, I've been a light Reddit user, like just like browsing the, the site every now and then, mostly lurking, reading other people's comments. And so I do miss that, the site because I've decided to not go there anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, especially since most of the time I would go there through Apollo, but even on the desktop. Uh, and so I have been checking out various alternatives. Um, so you've already mentioned cabin.social in the <laughs> in the show notes. Uh, mostly what I've been surfing to is lemmy.ml. So lemmy is basically a, if I understand correctly, lemmy is like a um, Fediverse-based Reddit uh, server or like yeah. Reddit, Reddit-like. What do we call those? Because we can't call them Reddit, uh, but you know I what I mean. I know. I've seen it termed as like link sharing. But that feels like it underplays what it really is to me. Yeah, but yeah, whatever. Like we call some games roguelike. We can we can totally call this Reddit like, just not yeah um, for copyright re- copyright reasons probably. Um. So yeah, that's that. F- it feels very Reddit like. Like there's a lot of like uh <laughs> like okay. I, I just went there and it says like oh it's no poop, uh, July. Like okay, cool. <laughs> um. <laughs> So yeah, it it feels very Reddit like it's just very like it's just other than Reddit, you kinda very like early like reach the end of the content. Whereas yeah. like with Reddit you could just browse aimlessly from topic to topic and whatever. And here's like, oh okay, after maybe ten clicks or so, you're like, okay, I've seen this before. Um so it's it works for oh yeah, let's just have a little look at what the Lemmy community is doing. Um, mm-hmm. also it's not very deep because like on Reddit, everything has a community. Like there's a community for Formula One, for example, but there's also one for my favorite niche game, Kerbal Space Program. Um, yes. there's one for, I don't know, like people who take pictures of their dogs. Um, it's, it's just basically for every niche interest, safe for work or otherwise, um, yeah. you can find a community on Reddit. And that's of course not yet the case. Um, most of the Reddit likes are mostly filled with um, just F Reddit messages, basically. Yep. So, so let's see if they actually do more than that. You know what I mean? Like if like they 
if they got a, if they want to survive, they probably have to find like a certain critical mass. And from the outside, for me, it's like hard to see if they're reaching that. Or maybe it needs yes. another Exodus-like uh, event. Like for example, Mastodon um, mm-hmm. had at least three great migrations where I Twitter did so, something, yes. and then like more people decided, okay, this is enough. I'm gonna try this other service. Um, and yes. so maybe it needs a few more of more of these before before like things like Lemmy and Kbin.social really take off. I think that's probably the case. And I think that you know, if you're someone who cares about the way that, that, that Reddit has behaved, um, then I think it would make sense to to be exploring stuff like like Lemmy and Kbin. And it would probably make sense to have an account on on both of those on the major servers and and just give it a look, you know. Yeah. But what I would expect is rather than necessarily, you know, this is home now and we're going to use this for this all the time. It's more a case of uh, it it kind of building this critical mass, if you like. And 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 what I would expect to see play out over the next year would be similar to to what I've seen with with Mastodon and the rest of the Fediverse, which is that, like you say, there's perhaps successive migrations as Reddit sort of misstep and do stupid things. Um, but even without that, what I would expect to see is that the um, user experience will tighten up slightly, that the way the servers communicate with each other um, and federate, as it were, to be able to, to give a, a broader experience I'd expect to see some of that play out, along with all the associated drama that comes with that as well. <laughs> right? that's, that's one reason why I haven't made an account on any of mm-hmm. the, the Reddit likes yet, because <laughs> like <laughs> I don't want to like I have the like I have this problem that many Mastodon or would be Mastodon users have, where they're like, okay, so it says choose a server. Yeah. And everyone is like, no, don't choose the main server. They're 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 really bad. But yeah. also, like, don't choose this server because their admin five years ago said something that I disagree with. And also, like, don't choose this server because they're defederating from from everyone. <laughs> it's like, yeah, uh, and it's like for for this community where I'm not as invested and don't know the the drama. It's it feels very minefieldy. Yeah, and. I mean, like making an account is not the the worst thing or the hardest thing in the world, but it's still like a multi step process where I can kind of confirm the email and whatever. And so, like, I'm actually mostly lurking these days. Fair, fair, and I feel I feel the same. I'm not a major Reddit user at all. Um, you know, like I check in once every other year. It feels like in terms of actually posting anything. Um, so I'm quite content to sort of let it do its own thing and, and, and become whatever it's going to be in, mm-hmm. in that sense. It doesn't really bother me. Uh, and it's kind of interesting because that gives me a taste of what it feels like for people who don't care about Mastodon and that sort of thing in the same way as, as I do, right? And uh, yeah, that aversion to getting getting across any of the the dramas, if you like, it's definitely there for me, and I get to understand. Okay, this is this is what it feels like for everybody who who went back to Twitter after trying Mastodon and going, huh, okay, it's not there yet. Um, so, but I also think that is changing with Mastodon, with the latest migration at least, and and that has been interesting to see. You know, a whole bunch of people landing over in the space over the last weekend. Um, there's 
bots that try and track the number of new users and active users and things on the Fediverse. And that's just been ticking up and up. Mm -hmm. You know, that graph has got a, the gradient has got steeper um, in the last week because of of the latest stuff going on on Twitter, which is this. I've also just seen an influx of new followers and stuff like that. So that's really nice. It is. It is really nice. I mean, I, 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 made some some level of bitchy post last weekend which i sort of rolled back uh because it wasn't particularly nice or needed but i was as kind of surprised that this was the final straw for people just sort of given everything that's gone on over there over the last year but again you know unless you're sort of immersed in the back and forth then it's probably not really hit a lot of people in the same right. way uh and in a like, lot of same ways, with, I, with Reddit, like I'm yeah. a very light Reddit user. And if I hadn't been a user of Apollo, um, and if I hadn't been very much connected to this because it affects the iOS indie developer community, um, mm-hmm. I, I maybe wouldn't have noticed even. Yes. Like, or I yes, would have exactly. noticed that, that like some of my, my subreddits had, had gone dark, but I would be like, okay, like there's some drama. I'm just going to ignore it you know, or whatever, you know? Yes. Um, and so, yeah, I'm getting to experience what it looks like outside looking in, as it were. And no, I get it. I get it. Like, I mean, I can see that what people want when they're not invested in the premise or idea so much. So they just want stuff to work more than anything else. And, right. and <laughs> you know, it's fair to say, certainly with uh, with Mastodon and, and that side of things, there have been times where, it, and there are situations where it just doesn't work as well as it could do. And I think it's made me sort looking at all of this in the last few weeks, it's made me kind of think, well, that's what I want to see. I want to see this become even more viable, even more useful to people. And and like building the SDK that me and uh, my friend Constantine uh, built for Mastodon and the Fediverse for iOS sort of six months ago, to SDK, that was an attempt to try and make stuff easier for devs to sort of get on board and hopefully make the experiences better. And I guess that for me sort of feels like a good use of, of any extra time or effort I've got in this space don't quite feel invested in reddit in the same way but i kind of hope somebody else comes along and does the same for lemmy and kbin and all these other server types um for that space and builds their own uh i don't know what you would call it post sdk (laughs) um i don't know how we refer to these things again that name eludes me but i kind of hope yeah um so I, I, I kind of, oh, no, actually, I've heard it referred to as the Threadiverse, which I kind oh, of. Oh, I love that. Yeah. That's amazing. Yeah. And so I hope somebody builds like, you know, Threads SDK in the same sort of vein as we've, but we've then, done. Oh, but then have you heard of about Instagram's new app? Oh, no. Go on. It's called Threads. Yes, it is. Yeah. <laughs> so that that name is taken because everyone is just using proper nouns for for names now. I mean, no, I say now, but Apple has been doing that for about a billion years. Yeah. Um, threads is the new threat to the Fediverse, according to a lot of people. I'm yeah. kind of I'm kind of unsure about the whole thing. I I can see both sides. Um, but the newest meme about Threads is apparently the app is on the App Store now, mm-hmm. and 
it has these privacy labels that all the all the apps in the app store need to have and yes. this thing just collects every single piece of data <laughs> that you have that that is in any way available about you like it's yes. it's comical it's comical just how much data this app wants to co collect from you so i'm i'm unsure how <laughs> that will work uh, it, 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 apparently, it's, it's not even available in Europe because it's it's uh, wouldn't be possible under the European data protection laws. Wow. Um, so yeah. I'm gonna I'm gonna look at this and continue watching this. Um, I haven't signed any pacts, but yeah. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, I mean, the way yeah. I feel about it though is as somebody running my own instance over there, you know, which is my my little Linode VM that 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 runs my social media. Um, I just don't really want to interact with Meta's servers on that basis, right? If I know that they're, that's, that's the level of privacy permissions that you've got to sign off just installing their app, like, yeah, there's that bit of me that feels kind of icked out by the idea of my server going back and forth with, um, with, with with their servers yeah i get that i mean i mean it's 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 like that's the data that your servers are kind of like spreading into the world it's kind of public data but yeah i get that um i have a different question though because go on uh you put it into our show notes uh go vj media edition Is yeah let's change the subject let's get off the 30 stuff let's get the off the 30 stuff <laughs> Oh my god! It's the social media met, uh, multiverse. No, we gotta um, change the the name of the show. If we continue this. Like we gotta talk yeah. about apps. Tell me about your latest update. Well, as I look across my desk, I've got three MIDI controllers just on the desk. Um, and just to explain to anybody who is has not listened to the show before, so my app GoVJ is a live video mixer. It's used for putting on video backdrops for DJs, bands, that sort of thing. So if you've ever sort of watched a been been, been at a, a show um, and you've seen you know reactive visuals going on behind and stuff playing, that's often done by a person who is mixing with some software in real time to whatever the music is playing. And so that's what my app enables. Uh, so you can now rock up with an iPad or an iPhone and just send the video out to a projector or whatever and do the visuals. And a lot of these performers, VJs, as they call themselves, use MIDI controllers when they're working with uh, the, the typical software that gets used on a Mac or PC. And so I've got an app that does this on iOS that... Um, has been building in functionality and one of the things that it needs is um the ability to have controllers like this and so that's been on my list for like eight years now <laughs> the app is that old um and i finally did it in the last couple of months so i i, I approached this in a way that sort of seems to be coming more and more naturally um which is I build a Swift package. And, Fantastic. Um, yeah, 
Yeah, so anything that I think can think of that is sort of encapsulated functionality of any sort um, tends to be a, a, a new Swift package these days for me. Even if it's in this, in a lot of cases, it might be a private Swift package, but I'm trying to sort of modularize the things I make a bit more. Mm-hmm. And so um, we may have spoken about this before on the show, actually, but I, I made um, a package called TriggerKit. And TriggerKit sits on top of um, a bunch of other really cool Swift packages that that sort of marshal the um, the MIDI data and enables me to associate blocks of code with specific actions, as it were, and and events that these controllers send. So a MIDI controller is typically like a a keyboard or a board with a bunch of switches and dials and sliders and things. Um, and those come through through uh, on iOS. It eventually comes through through Core MIDI, um, and so follow up the stack all the way through to the package I made. And the value that my package has for this is that, like I say, I can feed it a bunch of of things the app can do, um, and it will associate the the incoming MIDI events with running those blocks of code. Um, and it's codable right. as well. So if you yeah. Um, right. So, which means that if uh, you want to persist to use as saved bindings, as it were, um, it's dead easy. It's, Fantastic. It's, it's, also, yeah. um, I think if uh, our listeners want a detailed explanation, you did a pretty deep dive in season three, episode 29. I just looked yeah. it up. So, a recommendation uh, for that episode as well. Yeah. Yeah. So, anyway, um, that. That package then enables the feature, and the feature is MIDI support in my app. And it took a little while. I found a bunch of edge cases, as you always do when you try these things, um, not least of which there's, there's ways of really stuffing things up and blocking the main thread when you've got a lot of data coming through. Um, but, uh, yeah, it's um, it's in. It's live. And... That's been really cool. It was actually from from a indie development point of view. I think the thing that really um, is worth talking about here is is that this was a niche case, right? It's a niche app in the first place, and then it's a niche of a niche to then go, okay, do you use an iOS based video mixing app, and also maybe have a MIDI controller hanging around that you can actually connect to that device? right? Because they usually connect over USB these days. Um, and, um, you know, if, you, if you're just playing with my app on your phone, you've probably not necessarily got a, a lightning to USB adapter. Uh, people with iPads, different story if they've got USB-C, of course. Uh, but um, trying to get it tested on more than just my devices was a little bit tricky. Yeah, um, I get that. Yeah. So anyway, I put the call out and I put the call out through the Fediverse. I actually put the call out on Reddit. And again, I don't use Reddit so often. So like <laughs> the last time I'd really post was the last time I posted about the app. Um, but people were really, really cool. Like I posted on, on the VJing subreddit and just as I said, you know, I'm working on this. This is in beta. Anybody wants to have a look and all the usual and I got some really good feedback. Like, again, not that many people because it's a niche and a niche. But the feedback I got then let me make it even better. And 
I think the thing that's probably a good learning here in terms of sort of promotion and um, you know just letting people know about what you're building, because I went to these communities and said, hey, I'm building the thing, you know, right now. <laughs> it's in beta. Here's a link. Anybody who wants to check it out, I'd love to hear from you. And people got to give some input. It also gave me a reason a few weeks later when it was actually out there to then go back and say, hey, the thing I was building, it's now here. And I saw a little spike in downloads and that sort of stuff mm-hmm. as a, a result of it. Um, but it was a nice sort of closed loop, you know, hey, I'm building the thing. And a little bit later, hey, the thing is built, the thing that you all have had a bit of inputs into. Um, and it was it was a, a good way of, of promoting the app, but it also felt really nice as well. It's a genuine interaction, right? It's not just sort of cold calling or trying to, you know, boost my profile over there. It, it, it's literally what it is. I was working on the thing and now it's done. And that felt really quite cool. So I think I've learned something in that process. I mean, people sort of say, oh, yeah, you've got to build in public and it's good for people to see. But I think this felt a bit more than that. It was a case of I'm building in public and I'm trying to literally find the people who are going to be using this app in the end and find where they where they live online, if you like, not just sort of post to my my general feed. You know, I went and found found people into this 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 hobby, this medium in a natural environment, which I've done in the past, you know, that's how I kicked off the app when it first launched. And I've been part of those communities for years. Um, But I think, yeah, it's been a learning for me to sort of do that more often, right? That's like I did this, uh, that in this case, because it was specifically the, the hardware itself meant it was difficult, you know, to get, get people generally to test it. Uh, right. But I think that's it should be my first port of call every time, really. I get that, but it's I, it's awesome that you got to like interact with all those communities and stuff like that, and uh, that you get a few more downloads. Uh, what kind of MIDI controllers do you actually have? Like when I think of MIDI controllers, I think of either like a like a small keyboard. Or like one of those grid things. And I think those grid things look so cool, but I have just no use for them at all. I've got both. I've got a a Novation Launchpad Mini, which was kindly bought for me uh, when I left left a previous job back in the UK. Um, so yeah, shout out to Wheezy. They will never listen to this, but I definitely <laughs> appreciate uh, the, uh, the gift. Um, and then I have a keyboard one as well which is just a standard sort of little uh, half-sized keyboard i mean the keys are full-sized but it, it's pretty small and um that's got a bunch of sliders and uh dials and things um on it as well and then i've got a korg nano control which has like oof nine sliders on it. 10 mm-hmm. yeah nine sliders and um for each slider, there's also a a turny turny thing, a knob, and um, switches there as well. And so between all of that, I can control all the things. <laughs> but also, That's it, lets me, cool. it lets me test different things as well. And uh, what I've done with that actually for testing is I've used Bluetooth over MIDI, 
and I've I've got them all plugged into a Raspberry Pi, and the Raspberry Pi is is um, running um, a bunch of scripts and stuff. That means that um, it shares those controllers over Bluetooth over MIDI, uh, and that means I can just connect to whatever device I'm testing on without having to worry about plugging cables in and stuff. So that's that's been kind of fun. Um, it was a bit of a project to to set the Pi up. But then it's, mm-hmm. it's made, like I say, my, my development cycle testing all of these a lot easier. Yeah. So, um, and is that out now? So is that now yes. in the hands of uh, end users? Do you, it is. Did you get any feedback or is it, is it just released? <laughs> I've, I've released it. I've had a couple of people say, yay, that's cool. Um, and then not a lot else after that, to be honest. But um, it's... That that that's that's okay though, right? This is one of those things where, like, if you need it and it's there, you kind of just use it, and you're like, brilliant. And then if you need it and it's not there, it's really annoying. And obviously, mm-hmm. if you never need it, you never notice it. So, it's another screen in the app where you in the settings where you can go and configure all this stuff. I kind of um, want to see you, VJ. You know, <laughs> maybe you should you should um, you should record a quick YouTube video at some point or whatever. Definitely, definitely. I'm a bit more um, a bit more set up in this room now for that as well. I've got an Apple TV plugged in um, to a, a TV in here, um, and so I can do that sort of stuff. And actually, I'm not going to get into it on this show. We can talk about it another time. But I've been playing with um, an Apple TV app in the last couple of weeks as well, and that's uh, right. that's been quite fun. But uh, yeah, no, Go VJ MIDI Edition is out and released. And actually, I want to talk about um, something very quickly that, that, that happened to me last week. <laughs> I was just <laughs> going to ask, like, how did the release process go for you? Like, was, was it all smooth sailing? Was it uh, like, well, the, just unproblematic? Uh, well, well, the release <laughs> process for Go VJ MIDI Edition was fine. And then last week, I noticed when I went to go and find something in, in the app that, oh, I can't see the paywall properly. I load the paywall up and none of the um, none, none of the subscription and purchase options for the app are displaying. And, okay, that feels not good, right? Nobody can spend money with me with my apps. And... On closer inspection, my initial thoughts is like, okay, is revenue cap down or something like that? Because I'm using them. Uh, no, no, they're not down. And I checked some of my other apps because I've got three apps in the store now. And they had the same issue. It's like, okay, all right, closer and closer. Let's let's debug this. Long story short, in my situation, I store um, API keys and credentials in a CloudKit record rather than baking it into the app. Uh, so that means I can remote uh, configure it. You know, I can change those values at any time. Uh, and it also means I'm not storing the API keys in my Git repository and I'm not storing them literally baked into the app itself. So it feels kind of cool, right? You know, this is probably quite secure in some ways. Right. And then in other ways, it's potentially quite brittle because then you've got a single point of failure for all of those values. And that's what I walked into last week um, through a bit of debugging and, and, and testing with other people on other side, 
in other places. I found it was kind of localized to me, um, but I don't think this was just a, a my cloud kit iCloud issue, right? Ooh, so, okay. uh, yeah, which means that my my gut instinct for this is that this is a situation that can happen if things are not fully synchronized or whatever, and in that moment, certainly the way I was querying it, perhaps I wasn't doing something to tell it to to refresh or something like that. Um, and so it's intermittent as to whether the values come through, which is really, really not good. This means every now <laughs> and again, I am losing the opportunity to sell my app. Yeah, that sucks. Really sucks. So I freaked out. So what would out. people see with this bug? <laughs> like, would they... They, they would, would they see, see the blank screen or no? They would see the paywall with an option to, with a button that says purchase and nothing selectable. Um, yeah, oh, that's frustrating. It's, so it's the worst. It just feels broken. And then if you hit restore because it doesn't have the key for uh, revenue cat, it just crashes. It hits some sort of fatal error and and bails the app out. So that's <laughs> even worse, right? Um, yeah. Anyway, long story short, I freaked out last Friday night. I rapidly fix this and I fix this by doing everything that that configuration was supposed to avoid, which is I bake the API key straight into the app, um, which is actually really easy because I defined the service with a protocol. I just made a new class that just returned all the keys and renamed the CloudKit based one to like old. Ah, Fantastic. <laughs> Yeah, because I thought, well, maybe I'll come back and, and fix this or look at this later. But I think I'm I'm done with this approach now. And uh, yeah, pushed all these updates out very, very quickly to to Apple and then waited over the weekend for them to review it. Um, but that's now live. So all of my apps have had recent updates that is just bug fixes and improvements, which I hate. Um, <laughs> but uh yeah, that's that's now live and now that's fine, right? You know, provided revenue cats up, which it you know generally is ninety nine point whatever of the time, um, and yeah, that's 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 it really. Um, it was a, a bad moment. It was rough realizing this for myself. I can take some solace in understanding that this was this could still just be a problem just with my my configuration. That, that, that exposed this um, because like I say people in other parts of the world were able to see the paywall fine they were getting the data come through to, to configure it um, but I don't know you know maybe I've been missing out on a whole bunch of sales and nobody's ever told me uh, that's that's a possibility yeah that sucks do you have um, do you have analytics on the paywall or something so that you could see like how many people did see the paywall in that in that uh, time frame or something? Nah, um, because it just says whether it displays the screen. It doesn't say whether the contents come back. Yeah, uh, that's true. Yeah, so I would have had to have known about the issue to to catch the issue, if you like. Um, yeah. So I guess this is just a. Uh, a cursory warning, if you like, test your infrastructure, um, have things that tell you if, if a single point of failure is, is potentially there. Um, and think about things in those, those terms as well. Don't just trust the service, which is what right. I did. Also make your friends 
buy your apps because they will tell you about the bugs in the in the buying process. Like that's true. It's, it's so, basically so it's, my fault for not uh, paying for GoVJ. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, it, yeah. This is the sort of stuff that can happen, right? And it, it bugs the heck out of me because, in hindsight, it's very obvious. You know, like what if a user didn't have iCloud turned on at all? That's the edge right. case where this would have shown up for those users. And I, I did realize that, and I sort of figured I didn't really care <laughs> in a sense of like, well, they can tell me if they have that issue. Um, but I think if you hit a paywall and there's nothing to pay for and it just feels broken, you probably go, ah, oh, screw this and move <laughs> on, right? Yeah. Uh, so, yeah. That this um, this has been a lesson learned, and I don't think it's good that I've got the API keys baked into the app or in my Git repository. I'm not happy about that. But equally, there's a limited attack surface there. Like, what are they going to use the API key to right. pay me money for my apps? <laughs> or, you know, I mean, the worst case scenario really is that somebody uses it to spam me in some sense in terms of my telemetry deck analytics or. Um, I'm actually using sponsor of the show last on the last episode feedback ball for the um, user feedback in in this version of the app now. So that's another API key baked into the into the app. But that's kind of oh, cool. Yeah. That that means this is the the first version to go out where I'm, I'm using that service properly, and I'm happy about that. So, awesome! Uh, like they're not sponsoring. Do are they sponsoring this show? Are this episode? They're not know, sponsoring but, this show. Um, uh, actually, they're sponsoring this show. They're sponsoring the last episode. But that's right. Uh, anyway, shout out to Constantine, who's like the creator of uh, Feedback Bulb. Yep. Go to feedbackbulb.com and just check it out, like because it's really cool. It really is, and I think just a signal as well. Anybody who's listened to this show for any time, that's a first in terms of us having sponsorship. And I'd just like to signal it doesn't have to be the last either. We're definitely up for sort of um, discussing this with anybody who's interested in, in having a sponsorship slot on the show. So, uh, yeah, all they have to do is is drop us a line through the Mastodons or um, you can reach me dead easy just at davidgarrywood.com. There's contact details available there. Um, and we can can give that a go uh but again i we're only really interested in sponsorship from things we would genuinely use uh so no right. uh no mypillow.com or whatever it is here <laughs> <laughs> um yeah like um in about 10 years or so we're gonna we're gonna sell out completely but until then uh only things that we can would would we would genuinely recommend Yes, yes. Um, Maybe even 12 to 15 years. Like We're going to try to to postpone this as as long as possible. Yeah, yeah, for sure, for sure. But um, I can see it now, 2030, 2032 maybe, um, we'll be advertising triangle space. What's what's triangle space? It's me not trying to uh, to reference an actual product. Oh, um, oh, you're so smart. Uh. <laughs> awesome, uh, Dave. Did you know we got feedback on our discussion on Swift UI previews? I did. I saw that. That yeah. was really quite cool. So somebody actually 
just drops as a line straight right. over on the Fediverse. So Holger, Holger writes about SwiftUI previews. I use them and like them as my app is relying on core data. It's a bit annoying to enter or generate example data for, for the previews, but everything else is great. And then I asked him, this is Holger Krupp uh, or Holger Krupp uh, yeah. underscore Holger at mastodon.social. Um, and ask him like, okay, what are, what is, are his tips for better preview performance? And his answer is, his answer is using a fast Mac. <laughs> <laughs> using previews on my 2016 MacBook Pro is horrible, but on the M1 Mac Mini, it's okay. Not switching yeah. views slash files is also quite useful. I think Xcode is recompiling everything when changing files often. And yeah, I've also seen that also. I find that on uh, M1 and M2 Max, or like an, at least an M1 Max, um, because I haven't I haven't got an M2. Anyway, Xcode 15 beta is way faster in all the compilation stuff because it parallelizes way more. Uh, right. So that's also an addition. So yeah, thanks to Holger. Shout out. Um, I love getting feedback. Like people should really write us write us more. Definitely. Definitely. Um, it was very cool to, to receive that. And um, I did wonder when we sort of slighted Swift, Swift UI previews, whether anybody would take us to task about how it works for them. And it was quite, quite interesting. Just sneaking to in a sneaky little hot take just, like, just for, the, <laughs> for the clickbait, you know. <laughs> oh, maniacal laugh. Yes. Um, but... Uh, no, no, that was cool. That was really cool to hear back from a listener of the show and definitely reach out to us over on the uh, the Fediverses. Uh, not the Threadiverse. We're not there yet. Uh, but yeah. Um, Fantastic. Um, yeah. Other than that, I... Oh, I have to tell you one more thing. One more thing. I have to tell you one more thing. I finally caved in and bought myself new AirPods Pro. <laughs> I have the AirPods Pro first generation and I bought them pretty early after a yeah. buddy of mine kind of forced me to to try out his and I was like wow this is amazing and then I had the crackling after after a, a few years and Apple replaced the the pods themselves okay uh, but now the case is acting up and you can replace the case but it costs um, about half as much as you pay for the whole package and then i kind of complained about this on on mastodon and then someone sent me a link where they were 50 u uh, euros off on amazon and i was like i'm gonna treat myself <laughs> <laughs> and they arrived today and they are even better than the first generation like the noise cancellation is like incredibly good like it's on par with, or even better actually, than various over-the-ear um, noise cancellation headphones that I've tried. Oh, that's awesome. Um, like, I've tried various uh, Sony ones, and those were not as good as the AirPods second, Pro second generation. I hear that uh, Bose especially is pretty good for them, so they might be better. Um, and the sound too, like, it's so crisp and clear and, I don't know, multi-dimensional. I don't know what... what um, what words sound people use to describe the sound, but it, it just, it's really <laughs> nice. It's noticeably better even than the first gen. So oh, that's awesome. Yeah, this is nice. I'm going to, I'm going to listen to a lot, a lot of music every now, uh, uh, like um, again. 
Oh, that's great stuff. I I love my AirPods, to be fair. Um, yeah, I'm trying to remember if I've got the ones that you've just left or or what. Do you have um, pros or non-pros? They're pros. I just can't remember if they're first or second generation. I see. Um, Do they have, th- on, does the case on the side, does it have a little metal thing where you can thread a little band through so you can like carry it around better or not, not lose it? No. Then you have the first generation. I didn't know that before, but like the second gens have like a thing where you can like just, I don't know, like put some kind of band in, like, you know, yep. with the, the Wiimotes or something. I know what you mean. Yeah. Yeah. Um, that's cool. That's really cool. Yeah, it is um, cool. I mean, I'm just, I'm thinking ahead. I really love these, but eventually they will give out. That is the, you know, the projected lifespan really is, is what, two or three years really at most if, if you're using a lot. Um, and I use them every day. <laughs> they're, yeah, they're like, yeah, same. Um, you know, I'm on a lot of calls during my working day and I sort of, they're basically my ears. Right. Right. So, yeah. And then for, for me, for the biking as well. And, um, yeah, so they've lasted, uh, like they've, they've lasted more or less four years with the right. replacement in the middle. So I think that's a pretty, actually pretty good duration for a pair of headphones. Yeah. Oh, that's and good stuff. Just nice. <laughs> Anyway, I think that's the show for today. I think it is. I'm as always at this time of day. I'm going to have to jet off and uh, get into my working day. Uh, but before we go, Daniel, where can people find you online? Oh, people can find me. I mean, like we haven't. <laughs> I haven't like shilled out for telemetry deck a lot in this episode, actually. So go to telemetrydeck.com, please. Just just do it. Don't, I'm not going to tell you anything about it. Um, and also, if you want to write to me, uh, find me at daniel at social.telemetrydeck.com. Thank you so much. Dave, where can people find you online? Uh, you can find me on Mastodon and the Fediverse at davidgarrywood at social.davidgarrywood.com. Uh, and you can find out more about my apps at lightbeamapps.com. Fantastic. All right. Have a great and wonderful day, everyone. Um and yeah, write us feedback. Yep. Take Dave, it easy. See ya. Have a great day. Goodbye, Daniel. Bye.